There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. This episode brought to you by 20th Century Studios' Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Director Wes Ball breathes new life into the epic franchise. As a ruthless king attempts to build his empire at the expense of the remaining human race, a young ape begins a journey to fight for a future for apes and humans alike. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Enter the kingdom in IMAX this Friday and theaters everywhere. Get tickets now. As you may have realized, I watch a lot of sports. That's why I like Prime Video. It has all my sports in one app, like the National Women's Soccer League, included with Prime. Plus, you can buy Premier Boxing or stream the NHL and NBA playoffs on Max with the Bleacher Report Sports add-on or add Paramount Plus for the Masters on CBS. Prime Video. It's all your favorite sports in one place. Restrictions apply. Prime membership required for add-on subscriptions. See Amazon.com slash Amazon Prime for details. You are listening to The Dan Patrick Show on Fox Sports Radio. Made it to a Friday. It's hour one. Gang's all here, ready to go. I just went over to speak to the Dan Ants. I give him a pep talk before every show, and I said, can you give me three hours? That's all I'm asking. I'm not even saying quality three hours. I just said, can you give me three hours? Oh, any three. Yeah. Can you give me three hours? Seton? I can mostly guarantee I will be here for three hours. All right. Marvin, can you give... You know what? You're going to pledge to me, but you're really saying this to the audience. Marvin, can you give me three... I'm not even going to say three great hours. I'm going to say three hours today. Can you do it? Two hours and 57 minutes. I'm with you. All right. Paulie, can you give me three? I'll go four if you need it. All right. What about you, Todd? At least two and a half. Okay. That last half hour when you're simoning the food on the Traeger grill, <laughs> if I'm going to be honest, you lose me at about 11, 27, 13. All right. Fair enough. I appreciate the honesty. Corn beef sliders, shepherd's pie, bangers in mash. Whoa. Who has it Whoa. better than we do? Oh, no, no, no Yeah. So I didn't take the day off. I'm giving you three great hours. This is Ireland prep. I asked Tyler, the moderator, And I said, can you help out? And he said, yes, he would. And he went all in, give us a little Irish fare there. It's 10 days before we fly out. Wow, it's going to happen, I think. (laughs) It is going to happen. Will Ferrell sent me his flight information. I don't know if he's looking for like a large group of people to, you know, greet him as he comes off the plane, but uh, we'll do our best. And maybe a banner there welcoming Will Ferrell to Ireland. But Will will join us certainly for... uh, Wednesday and Thursday show. He's actually doing this. Then he's flying back to L.A. because it's his father's birthday on Saturday. How great is that? He's coming over, and then he said, look, I got to go back on Saturday. I can't stay for the game. It's my dad's birthday. I go, oh, that excuse. But uh, he will join us, and uh, we uh, greatly appreciate his sacrifices for the betterment of this program. 877-3DP-SHOW. Email address dp at danpatrick.com. Twitter handle at dpshow. Uh, phone calls are welcome. Tyler, standing by, taking your phone calls. Say good morning if you're watching on Peacock. Thank you for downloading the app to watch this program. 
our streaming partner and our radio affiliates, iHeartRadio, Fox Sports Radio. Say good morning to those chatting on Chat Row. We had football last night, and you can't get too excited and you can't get too bummed out. That's usually my motto, my logic when I watch a preseason game. Because you can fall in love with somebody. And you go, oh my God, did you see that guy? And then you never see him again. Right? Like Victor Cruz. Remember Victor Cruz in the preseason? You're like, all right, I like this. And then you're thinking, "Uh, I'll never see Victor Cruz again. But Victor Cruz proved to be something. And then you could watch C.J. Stroud last night and go, "Uh uh-oh. Texans looking for a new quarterback. (laughs) Yeah. You know, Davis Mills might be the better quarterback. I think Davis Mills is the better quarterback for them this season. And then C.J. Stroud, if you really believe in his talents, then maybe after this season. But Davis Mills is a good quarterback. He's not great, but he's good. And he had a pretty good year for a really bad team. But you went all in on C.J. Stroud there. And you're watching last night, and I'm just trying to take away. Usually what I'm looking for is who has something of an it factor who has composure who's doing something that's really interesting and you don't find too many of those and you might only find it for a couple of plays but that's what i'm looking for when you get cj stroud out there i thought the offensive line is supposed to be really good with the texans it didn't look that way and then all of a sudden he throws an interception and then you're going uh oh well this is what happens he's a rookie you can't stare down your receiver without a defensive back going, uh, is he actually going to throw it here where he's <laughs> looking? And then he did, and I go, you know, rookie quarterbacks will hold on to the ball a lot longer. It, you know, you, you're thinking, okay, it's faster, it is, and you've got to make your decision quicker. But in college, you had a lot of help. It, it's a lot you know, easier to be successful, obviously, with the offenses, uh, the ability to have somebody helping you with the play calling, talent level, your, your team against the opposing team. Now all of a sudden you level, have a level playing field. And another thing, I'm watching these two teams, and didn't it feel like the Patriots had like the road uniforms of the Texans uh. and the Texans had the home uniforms of the Patriots? Like, I'm watching the uniforms, and I'm not inspired whatsoever. You can't be boring and have a boring uniform like the Patriots. Turns out you can. <laughs> Mission accomplished. Turns out you can't actually do that. They did a really good job of that because they're a boring team. And you're watching, you're going, I, I, like, I couldn't imagine how much you have to pay for Patriots season tickets to go and watch that. I have a, a neighbor who has season tickets, but he's always given them, them away. But to go up there and watch that offense, defense it's, is going to be good. And, and as much as I can criticize the, the Texans last night, I'll give the Patriots credit. You know, the defense looked you know, interesting. Bailey Zappi, uh-huh. he's my guy. Bailey Zappi. And then you had who? Malik Cunningham out uh-huh. of Louisville? Yeah, the running quarterback, all-purpose player. I think they had him as a wide receiver and also as a quarterback, and he put up great numbers at Louisville. It's just he's not Lamar Jackson. But then you had people saying, if he's not on the roster, we're rioting. And I'm like, okay. Easy now. That's another one of those guys you're like, man, I love watching him. There are a lot of great great performances in preseason history. Not many translate into success during the regular season. Yes, Paulie? I was surprised early in the game there was a play where uh, C.J. Stroud was being sacked, and the guy who pulled him down didn't throw him down. He didn't whip him down as the rule. You can't do that. And then another player from the Patriots came over the top, 
and he barely mm. made contact with his face yeah, mask man. helmet with his hand. And they called roughing. I thought roughing was going to be reviewable this year. And it appears like it's not. Well, the league owners rejected a proposal to make roughing the passer penalties reviewable. That was during the annual league meeting. And I thought that they were going to be able to review it. I, I, I guess I just read it as uh, it was on the docket. But there were uh, nine teams that uh, submitted that, that they would like to do it. I don't know if they change it or not, uh, but they haven't changed it. They were at least uh, looking at it, voting on it, and maybe tabled it you know, till next year. Um, but I, I thought that that, given the fact that they're trying to protect the quarterback, uh, I understand, but you also have to protect the defensive player as well. Like it, it's not even. Because the defensive player is, I, I can't imagine, you know, how fast you're moving, split second, and then you see an opening, and then you go for him, and then you may accidentally, like, you know, they called it roughing the passer. It's not roughing, it's brushing the passer. Brushing the, they, what do they call that? I don't, like, you just do like a little kitten when they, a kitten is uh, washing its face. It's just like, um, brushing the passer, number 69. 15 yards. It was just light contact there. But they're going to call this. Here is C.J. Stroud, the Texans quarterback, after uh, last night's performance. The guys in the locker room aren't going to hold me down for this. They know what I can do. They've seen it in practice every day. I think I've made a lot of plays and done a lot of great things. And uh, one mistake on, on, on national te- television just blows it all up. But, like, it's cool. I just keep growing and keep learning, man. It's, it's a fun experience for me. Like, I'm in the NFL. There's nothing to hold my head down about. Okay. Good. Going to be highs and lows, man. <laughs> One play blows it all up. Yeah. That's so funny. Yeah. Man. It's okay. <laughs> it, it's, it's the interception you have week one. That one will uh, hurt a little bit more. Uh, stat of the day brought to you by Panini America, the official trading cards of the Dan Patrick Show. Sliding into the weekend is brought to you by our partners at Kings Hawaii, and they want you to get together with family and friends. Enjoy the weekend, making every Sunday a slider Sunday. We have uh, corned beef sliders coming up later on today. That's great. Also, buy one T-shirt, get another one 50% off at danpatrick.com. The sale ends Sunday, August 20th. Take advantage of that. Seton, uh, by the way, the Seahawks beat the Vikings last night 24-13. Drew Locke was uh-huh. lighting it up. Drew Locke, two touchdown passes. <laughs> He's going to throw for 19 touchdown passes. I got it wrong last year, so I'm going to stick to it for this one. Will year. Drew Locke have... If I put the over-under of regular season touchdown passes at two and a half, <laughs> what are you taking? Drew, I, I got to believe Drew Locke's going to throw three touchdown passes. Drew Locke threw year. two touchdown passes. He has eight preseason touchdown passes since 2021, most of any NFL quarterback. Stat of the Day brought to you by Panini America, the official trading cards of the Dan Patrick Show. Patriots had uh, 164 yards of offense in the loss to the Texans. Um, I know it's just preseason, but when you're watching and you go, boy, I can't wait to watch more of that guy, or man, if they use him correctly, he's going to be dangerous. I'm watching the Patriots and I go, hmm, man, vanilla. Very, very vanilla. And it's a tough division where you got a lot of exciting players 
on offense throughout the uh, AFC East. Buffalo has that. The Dolphins have that. The Jets have that. And then you have the Patriots. Eight and nine, nine and eight if it all goes all well. Goes it well. all goes well. Yeah. Yes, yes, Paul. I was watching some sports show yesterday, and the, the guy, it was like one of those hot takes, and there's, say, the Patriots will finish last in the AFC East. And the, and the analyst goes, no, I'm going to say no to that. I'm going to say no. They're not going to finish last. They're going to find a way to get out. He goes, so who will finish last and the Patriots will be ahead of? He goes, oh, I can't really see that happening either. Actually, he couldn't couldn't endorse it. Well, you got to have a hot take, but you know you don't have to back it up. You don't have to back it up. You you just say, yeah, they're not going to finish last. Well, who is? Oh, I don't know about that. All right, 877-3DP-SHOW, email address dp at danpatrick.com. Seton, uh, what are the other poll questions we have today? Uh, Well, let's see. We could start with one a little more serious before we get into Todd's poll questions. Oh, boy. Uh, Because there's some doozies in there. All right. Uh, But are you okay with a golfer betting on himself or his team to win a match? Yes or no? We'll talk about the Phil Mickelson situation. The book has been, this has been in the works a long time. And I have a couple of friends who are acquaintances of both the author and Phil Mickelson. So I'm, I've been aware of this for a long time. And I didn't know if it would see the light of day about Phil's gambling issues. And uh, Phil has gambled on this show before. It might be 20, 21 years ago that we had him on, and he was on every week. He had his mother-in-law picks. He would bet his, he would tell his mother-in-law to bet money on this. He'd bet his mother, mother-in-law on these bets. And uh, he was good. Like the bets that he placed with us, I remember he placed a bet for the Ravens to win the Super Bowl in the preseason, and uh, they ended up winning the Super Bowl. I didn't know how much he was betting. It turned out to be $600,000 that he won on that bet. And then you find out that's nothing to what Phil was doing. But uh, one day he called in and he said he can't gamble anymore. He was told by the PGA Tour that he can't gamble anymore. Now, that didn't stop him from gambling on other things. But there's a lot involved in this with Phil. But... You know, we'll get to the accusations coming up and then some of the other things, the ancillary things with this. And if he's betting close to a billion dollars and lost a hundred million, which if you do the math, if you're a gambler, if I'm betting a billion and I'm losing a hundred million, that means I pretty much was 50 50. Like the VIG is going to be 10%. So the VIG or the juice on it is 10%, then that's a hundred million dollars. So Phil gambled but didn't gamble away everything he didn't lose um he just didn't win like if you're saying all right it's a um, hundred million dollars okay yes he did lose that but he was a you know 50 percent gambler you only have to be around what 53 54 percent to be able to uh, make a profit on this but phil you know all things considered you bet a billion you only lost one hundred million dollars on it. Uh, he knows he has a problem. He's gone to rehab, and uh, I don't know if he's gambling anymore. But this book will provide some un- uncomfortable moments. I'm going to guess. But Phil is on the live tour. He's not going to be at the Ryder Cup, and the media might not be able to get to him. Uh, we did reach out to all the parties involved in this just to let you know. Uh, what else do we have, Seton O'Connor? Uh, well, I mean, I don't want to dive into the toddlers. Oh, you know what? Then yet. let's take a break. Yeah, we'll we'll yeah. take. Are these are these Friday mean spirited? 
I don't know about mean-spirited, but, you know, it has a little bit of a bite to a few of them. Okay. It's not meant to hurt anybody's feelings or make them have a bad start to their weekend, but they're kind of fun and playful. And It's not meant to, but it could. It could, okay. but it's, it's, but it's well, not targeted at any particular person well, or Give group. us a sample here, like your first poll question suggestion. C.J. Stroud. Wait, I thought you said it's not about one person. Well, some of the choices, like as we move along, maybe not this top one. Like this top one, there is an option for it to be a good question. Okay. A good result for C.J. Stroud. It's not all mean. Okay, okay. All right, well then uh, C.J. Stroud. Is going to be dot, dot, dot. Great. Okay. Average. Okay. Terrible, and I'm not overreacting to last night. Okay, which one is your pick? I'm going to say average. I knew it. (laughs) I would have bet a million. I would have bet every penny (laughs) that he would have said average. Seems like the safe bet. I think Phil would go with average as well. But average, <laughs> average means you're a bust. Yeah, you can't be average at that position where you're drafted. You're the number two pick overall. You can't be average. Ooh, slightly above average. Oh, you got him above average now. I'm going to go slightly above No, average. you don't have that. Yeah, I don't have that You choice. have greater right. average. So he's going to be average slash bust? That's what we're saying? So now it's negative. Yeah. See? If we call average bust, what is terrible? And I'm not overreacting. Where would that go? Can you be worse than a bust? If we're considering uh, average being Jamarcus bust. Russell. Ryan Leaf, worse than a bust. Well, they were they were terrible. They were they were bust. Yeah. Or we're saying the average choice is bust on this particular poll question. If you're the number two pick overall and you're average, then you'll probably be viewed as a bust. So how would you describe a below average or bad player that got picked at the top of the draft? What what goes below bust? How would you describe someone that's even below a bust? Uh, terrible. Terrible. Yeah. Terrible, and I'm not overreacting. That's choice number three. Once again. Throw an interception. I know, I know. You asked for it. Yeah, I did, I did. Thanks for listening to the Dan Patrick Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning, 9 until noon Eastern, 6 to 9 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. And you can find us on the iHeartRadio app at FSR or stream us live on the Peacock app. All right, everybody, game off. Let's pause here to talk more about Monopoly Go. I know what you're saying. Flag on the play. You've already talked about that. But there's just so much more good stuff in this game. In Monopoly Go, you can team up with friends for time tournaments where you work together to build up each other's boards. The more you win together, the more awesome prizes you unlock. And there's so much more to get. You can get unique stickers. You can trade with friends to compete uh, albums for big prizes. There's cool new playing pieces to travel the boards with. I was always a uh, battleship guy. You know, you get those pieces like there was the hat, there was the shoe. Oh, same. There was the. I was always a battleship guy or the car. You know what too is funny about a battleship? It's one of the only uh, Monopoly pieces that you find that's not just a household item. Wow, you know I mean? even thought about that. Yeah, most people oh, wow. don't have a battleship at home, but you have a car, you have a hat, you have a shoe, you have uh, all those things. Anyway, you could also get hilarious emojis for taunting friends when you smash their buildings or heist their vaults. That's always fun. Plus, Monopoly Go feels new and exciting every day with constantly changing tournaments and challenges. A ton include their own unique mini games like Digging for Treasure or a Robot Pachenko Machine. And there's always new timed events that will help you win big, like massive multipliers for everything you win or rent frenzies. There's always something fun to discover in Monopoly Go. So get off the bench and go download it for free right now on Google Play or the App Store. Game on. It is getting that time of the year. It's Miller time. You don't need a watch or a clock to tell you. It's Miller time. Weather gets a little bit warmer. All of a sudden, the beer gets a little colder. It's beer cracking season. It, it, whoa, okay. I don't know if it says that on the calendar. It's a beer that strips away everything you don't need and holds on to what matters the most. It's a light beer that tastes like beer. That's why I reach for a Miller Lite. 
And it's less filling, only 96 calories. They've been doing this since 1975. They have perfected it. You know, that summer afternoon, we're coming into that time of the year, be like, oh, man. Crack one? Yes, or two. Don't look at your watch. Don't look at the clock. Don't look at the calendar. You know. Miller Lite, the great taste, less filling, tastes like Miller time. To get Miller Lite delivered right to your door, visit MillerLite.com slash Patrick, or you can pretty much find it anywhere that sells beer. Celebrate responsibly. Miller Brewing Company, Milwaukee, Wisconsin. 96 calories per 12 ounces, fewer calories, fewer carbs than premium regular beer. Miller Lite. This episode brought to you by 20th Century Studios' Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Director Wes Ball breathes new life into the epic franchise set several generations after the last installment in which apes are the dominant species. As a ruthless king attempts to build his empire at the expense of the remaining human race, a young ape will fight for the future of apes and humans alike and embark on a journey that will redefine the planet. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Enter the kingdom in IMAX this Friday and in theaters everywhere. Get tickets now. I said to Marvin, he goes, uh, hey, what's your song? And I told him, and I said, well, you can't play it on the radio. He goes, oh, no, 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 it's instrumental. I said, oh, okay. Yeah, yes, Marvin. Yeah, there's a few of these where I was like, all right. Most know. of these songs. Yeah. Who was it? LL Cool J? We oh, pl- we had Reggie on. And Reggie had LL Cool J as his intro song. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, he, he says uh, what? Said the F word. Yeah. yeah. I was like, when did LL Cool J curse? LL Cool J doesn't do that. He's heading up this 50 years of hip-hop, isn't he? Is he one of the front? Uh, I think he front, is. Pr- yeah. Headliner? Run DMC? I would think they'd have to be there. They are. Okay. They want a headliner. And then Snoop is there. Yeah. It's a good lineup. I got to look look some more. Okay. What about the women? Are the uh, Fugees, are they considered hip-hop? Fugees, definitely. Yep. Okay. But Lauren Hill, I don't know if Lauren will show up on time. The enigma that is Lauren Hill. Oh, my God. Uh, She's spectacular. I think one of the other dudes is in a little bit of trouble. Ross. Oh, oh yeah. That's yeah. true. Yes. Uh, Sean Salisbury, our good buddy, former NFL quarterback and morning host of the Sean Salisbury Show on Sports Talk 790 in Houston. Good morning, Sean. Uh, first impressions of your quarterback there uh, last night. You all in on C.J. Stroud? He looked like me on a couple of them, Dan. <laughs> <laughs> you know what they should have done, Sean? They should have blocked for him. They should try that. that that'll help. That, that, that will help, especially for a guy who's probably not going to lead the league in rushing from the quarterback position. Dan, I, and this is going to sound odd when I say this, but in a first preseason game when you're getting four throws, and you know it's it's like with your great jump shot, four jumpers, you're not getting into rhythm, right? Mm-hmm. And, he, Dan, it's, when you see a guy swim on top that's smooth but underneath their feet are paddling, that's what happens. Even though it's a preseason game, things move faster. You saw in high school you get away with staring it down. In college get away. On the interception, the longer you hang in the pocket in zone, and your eyes go to the receiver, they're just driving on it. And so he played right into their hands. I love the fact that we have to go back now and fix that. Because if he forces it and it gets in there, guess what he's thinking? Ooh, I can make that throw. And then on in September, it's a whole different ballgame because linebackers can outrun running backs, and these guys will do that. So I thought there was a few things to like. They do not have any depth on the offensive line, Dan. They've got to stay healthy and get Titus Howard back. But that will be paramount for them. But he's really good in the pocket. You saw him escape one time. They're going to live with him delivering the ball on time. Great lesson of vision and getting through your progressions. 
and it's going to be like that for a minute, Dan. It's a brutal position to play, and the expectations are high. But also, you have somebody that they're going – I mean, you drafted him. You want him to play right away. But is he ready to play right away? Davis Mills is a better quarterback than C.J. Stroud yes. right now. Is that yes. fair, fair to say? 100%. Dan, I went into this. I get asked this question about – yeah, and Davis is. And he should be further along, even though they're both in a new offense. You just see things a little the, – the picture becomes a little clearer, Right. Because you understand the timing of it, the Davis Mills went through two years ago in camp when he was a rookie. Here For me, it's this. I get asked, well, when do you know the rookie should be starting in a game? They're never ready. The question is how quickly do they go and, and can handle the failure and success as it go with sustaining good play for 17 games. For Davis Mills to win this job, Dan, the reason you draft a guy second is what, Dan? You're telling the building – we don't believe we have our starting future superstar quarterback. So you go draft C.J. Stroud, but you have a guy that's pretty good in Davis Mills that now needs to be on a better team, and he is. For Davis Mills to win this job, Dan, if you saw last night, which you did, Davis Mills plays like the whole preseason and C.J. Stroud looks like he did last night, the gap is so wide, you have to start uh, Davis Mills for the one reason. I can't worry about one guy's feelings over 53 guys that I owe that to to give me the best chance to win. If it's even or close, you play the rookie. And I'm not worried about his fra if it's a fragile personality, if he throws three picks, because if he doesn't, can't overcome it. I'm going to find out real quick if the guy wilts during uh, tough times or steps up. And I talked to Kirk Herbstreit this morning, Dan, and he said the one thing. He said everything says Stroud's going to be good. The one thing he's got a little bit of is rabbit ears where he – uh, criticism may no. affect him or going to go through that and it's the wrong position to play i saw some good things but uh, mills is going to have to distance himself for them to make the, the vital decision to play him because mills if he throws a pick in the first game what are they going to say dan why aren't we starting the rookie i'm not worried about personalities i'm worried about what's best for the team stroud's got some strides to make and sometimes you'll look at a quarterback and then he plays in a system you know like alabama quarterbacks and be like oh okay they're sort of the same and then all of a sudden, you look at Ohio State quarterbacks and you go, okay, is C.J. Stroud like Justin Fields? And the answer is no. He's not able to be what Justin Fields is. He's a better passer. But, yep. I mean, people are going to try to compare them and like, wait, I thought, you know, they're both Ohio State quarterbacks. C.J. Stroud is more of a – now, he did run a little bit when he faced Georgia. Uh, but Justin Fields, that's all he did his rookie season. Right, Dad, you know what you'd like? you like the pocket awareness and presence <laughs> yes. of C.J. Stroud and the monster ability of, of Fields and put him together, which we've got a handful of guys in the league that are like that. Listen, we are enamored with the guy that extends plays. But, Dan, we can go back in time, and I don't care how long it is. Super Bowls and championships are won from that hula hoop in the pocket and then extend, not the other way around where you're a runner first and, oh, by the way, throw from here. So it's a good place to start for Stroud. But, Dan, defenses are smart, too. They know that you're going to try to make him escape east and west because that's not been a strength. Yet when he had to call upon it in that game against Georgia, he was phenomenal. But yeah. it's, not a, it's, it's not a natural comfort level for him, but throwing it is. So I'm okay with where we got to start as the base, but he's also got to learn to throw the ball out of bounds and realize the hero syndrome affects rookie quarterbacks. They think they got to make every play, and you don't. The defense will be better. But in a quarterback that doesn't move, the offensive line will be paramount and dictate their success this year. I'm talking to Sean Salisbury, host of the Sean Salisbury Show, uh, Sports Talk 790 in Houston. We had Steve Young on a couple of weeks ago, and he said this would have been the perfect time for him 
with his talents to be able to play because it's about extending the play. You got to make the defense pay. You got to go get those extra yards. He said that the era, or you know, that there won't be Peyton Manning or Dan Marino again. But he meant that that's just purely a pocket quarterback. Obviously, there won't be another Peyton or Dan Marino, but he's talking about the guy who just, I mean, how many pocket passers like Jared Goff, Kirk Cousins, Ryan Tannehill? I mean, you got a handful of guys, but it feels like the league is, uh, you know, trying to ease them out. And Dan, you just mentioned those guys, and guess what? None of those guys, I'm not talking about, I'm talking about the Tannehill. Cousins, they haven't won a Super Bowl, right? We now are at the point where can you be? You you better be a two way guy. You better be able to deliver it from here and get out of the pocket as well. And he's exact. And we won't have another Brady, obviously, because you got to be. I'm talking about Brady. A guy like that is so good from there. He makes up by throwing on time and accurately for feet you don't need because the ball is out like Marino was. Here's the deal with Steve Young, Dan, and I. Since I sincerely believe this, Hall of Famer already. But you take his accuracy with his 4-5 speed and his toughness and his football IQ and stick it in today's game. You know how we talk about the overrated term Mount Rushmore, Manning and Elway and Brady and that to Montana? Guess who's on the Mount Rushmore if he's playing in this era? And a guess who isn't? You see my point? Because of the emphasis on, oh, they're A-gap blitzing. You handle the blitzer with your feet and go. We didn't used to do that. Steve Young, as good as he was in, we don't put him in the top four. We say great left-hander, accurate, awesome Hall of Famer. It would be different, and he would have bypassed a whole bunch in his group, and we'd be saying, man, is Steve the best of all time? Because his ability to move before that was popular and his ability to throw with accuracy, uncanny. Only he and uh, Drew Brees are the most accurate quarterbacks I ever saw. Steve Young's reputation would be even better than it is as a football player, and he's already got a mustard-colored jacket. Help me understand Aaron Rodgers with what he does. I don't know if this is teachable. Like the way he throws, he's off balance. I don't know if his footwork is considered great, but there's there's certain athletes who come along where you go, I, I don't get it. Like Steph Curry, you just go, I, I don't get it. Uh, but Aaron Rodgers still has that weird style. Um, can you? T- is it teachable? No, hell no, Dan. Do you want to teach it? Right, right. Well, if you do, you better have a good supply of body bags because you're going to be buried a lot of people along the way. Listen, some guys come along. I think about the last two Green Bay quarterbacks, Dan, and as a guy who teaches quarterbacks, guess what I'm show- not showing them? The mechanics <laughs> of Rodgers and Favre. But guess what I'm telling them? Be like that guy and be like that guy if you can. They're, you know, I'm not teaching Mahomes some of the around-the-back stuff either. But, Dan, it's amazing because you look at Aaron Rodgers, he'll short arm it sometimes with that little quick release. The only thing I'm saying from them is mechanics. Go watch how quick the ball comes out when he makes a decision from like a slingshot. When you pull back, bam, it's through the throwing zone. And with Favre, hey, see how he's got guts to throw it in tight windows Go and, and, and be durable? Take that. The rest of it, shut your eyes when we're teaching mechanics. <laughs> Jumping off two feet, throwing sidearm. But, Dan, the, the common thing is, they both understood what coverage is trying to do. And with Rodgers, those – and, Dan, think how he changed. He used to be a high ball guy with Tedford, dropped it, and kind of let him free flow. They took the gloves and the governor off him and said, just go be a football player. That can't happen to most because most wilt when the mechanics go to hell. His don't. I wouldn't teach it, but I'll tell you what, I'll take it every day. And I know he's a scorekeeper, Dan, and you do too. He wants to win the MVP. He wants to play great, and he will as long as he's protected. I'm never teaching what Rodgers does other than the result and the release 
and the fact that he thinks that he, the cat swallowed the canary, that there's nobody on the field that can stop him, which is a trait that's special. The guy's a phenomenal talent, the best thrower other than Marino I've ever seen when it comes to getting the ball out. All right. Who are you taking in the AFC East? Um, I'm taking – I think it's a brutal division. I'm still taking Buffalo because I think all around they're better. The gap is closed. I got three teams from the AFC East making the playoffs. The Patriots are the one that gets left out. I think you have one team making the playoffs from the AFC East. Why? Because you think the, the division's too brutal or you think it's overrated? Uh, could be a tad of both, but I think you, you have to look at who else they play. They play the NFC East, so you got three playoff teams there. And then you got the AFC West. So you got Kansas City. The Chargers should be playoff teams. The Raiders, playoff team. Maybe Denver gets it back to you know competitive level. When you step out of your division, you step right back into a really, really difficult schedule. So because yeah, of that, I think you might win that division with 11 wins. And I don't know if the other teams are going to be able to make it in with the wild card. The hell of a point, Dan, and think about the gauntlet. Like the ninth best quarterback in the AFC is like, <laughs> we, I mean, the, the gauntlet to get through is brutal. I'm st- I, I'm with you. I'm not sold yet on the Raiders of how good they're going to be. I'm not convinced Russ Wilson, even with the magician that Sean Payton is, I got to see Russ Wilson prove to me that he's willing to make quick decisions and that football Wait, matters. Wait, but what him. happened with him, Sean? I, I Dan? I promise you, even in a local radio show, we talk about Russ Wilson as much as we talk about the local quarterbacks here of, I I mean, Dan, I watched him, and it was like I was seeing a different guy, 180 degrees different, and one coach can't change a star that quickly. I mean, decisions, throwing to closed windows, not running. I do not know. I've tried to bottle it up and say, why? So you got to convince me that he's still got the other guy in him and isn't more this guy than the other guy. And a lot of excuses and a lot of rah-rah. Russ Wilson's a hell of a player, but I, I think his best football may be behind him. Now, if Sean Payton can revitalize him, you may be seeing love like in Denver, like you're going to see with the Jets. But both of those divisions, brutal. But I'm going to still say that the coaching and the players in the AFC East give them a better chance than most. I'm still going with three teams, two for sure, but maybe three. And that'll be the Dolphins if that's the case. Should NFL players be allowed to bet? Slippery slope. Um, bet I think it's bet to win. Right. Can you bet yeah, on yourself? I, I, I think well, I don't think we're there yet, Dan. Now, you, when I say that, I think, man, do I have a problem with them picking a college game? I honestly don't. But we also have to know because they're going to wear it on jerseys, on fences in baseball. They're going to promote it, say, no, but you can't bet. I'm still against betting on your team just because of what it does for the character and the the morals of your own team and your money becomes more important than 53 guys depending. And Dan, when you're picking point spreads, not just to win, to win, you're picking spreads as well. It's like, well, wait a minute. We're minus six. I got the ball thrown deep to me and this gets us to minus 10 and I bet 250 grand on the game. Screw that. I can't allow it to be bet on my own, but do I have a problem with them uh, picking a college game for their alma mater, USC versus UCLA on a Saturday? Hell no. But the slope is, is it like, Rec- drugs, do they become addictive? And we know when you chase money, it becomes a problem. Takes it to eat cat. But for the NFL, the way they're going about it, it's awfully hypocritical to make billions of dollars off a gambling site and tell them they can't pick a basketball game in the offseason. Yeah, and then, you know, I look at individual sports. If you're a golfer, why can't you bet on yourself? Boxers get to bet on themselves. 
I have a. I was reading the article yesterday about Phil Mickelson, Dan, with on Golf Digest. I know you saw it as well about you know with with Walters and the possible betting on the Ryder Cup when they got beat coming from behind. I why in the hell would I not be able to bet on myself? And if, if I'm the Roger Federer's or Serena Williams or Dow Nadal, you're damn right on a clay court. I'm betting on myself. That's an extra million dollars. So as an individual sport, you're not affecting the guy next to you in football. My betting is a quarterback. If I'm on, if I'm doing that and we're minus six and I throw it away when a guy's wide open, I, I, I think we're that that's not just a slippery slope. That's something you can't stop. I think you got to stay away from your own team in your own sport. And people accused you of tanking uh, when you played, but but well, you weren't Dan, tanking, right? No, Dan, that wasn't on purpose. Oh, okay. okay. Because <laughs> if it was, I'd be owning a whole bunch of stuff, and I'd be bigger than life, yeah, money-wise. So Glad. I do to the other guy enough, but that had absolutely nothing to do with Gambling because I wouldn't why, have bet on my damn Sean, self. Is that why you went to Canada? What's that? Oh yeah, and oh, I'll bet on myself. Like Michael though. Jordan went to baseball. Sean Salisbury <laughs> went to Canada. Hey Dan, the league. Listen, I wasn't big enough for them to say, Sean, we really need you to leave the league right now because <laughs> we are so good, but we got to protect the league's integrity. No, that interception had nothing to do with me making a minus six bet for a hundred dollars. Nah, I, I just like wasn't it. that good. good. I love it, man. Hey, good real quick, what's, where, when's the tour start? Congratulations! Oh, it's starting. On your... It started already. It? Yeah, yeah. Is there a spot on the bus for me, or is that full, or is my invite getting lost in the mail on the traveling bus? Uh, I've been on the bus with you before in Houston, and almost <laughs> didn't make it back to my you hotel. I was going to say you almost died, and you wouldn't be having your your tour. Yeah. Real quick before we go, I uh, congratulations. Obviously, Thank I know you. we're a long way away from that. You've made a huge indentation on on this industry and on me, but. I appreciate your friendship and that bus ride. I got a gift for you. I'll give it to you later. It's probably just a picture of me right there in the can. I'm just going to get you a picture of me. Wait, I thought I was getting your CFL jersey that you promised us years ago. You, you And it's only CFL. You don't want a Vikings jersey. And as long are you going to turn it around where it says Salisbury facing the camera? Yes. Blue or white? Blue. You want the one worn in the game. You want yeah. the blue one, right? Yeah, I want the one where you won the CFL. Where, where I looked like I was a player for yes. once. Yes. Yeah. I, I, I can and do and that. look, if you want to loan it to me, you can. Hey, only if you'll wear it when you go to bed at night. This is. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, I, I do have a bathrobe that says daddy on it, so. I, I, I thought you were going to say again, Sean. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, have a great weekend. Good to talk to you. I love you, brother. Thank you. That's appreciate it. Sean Salisbury, host of the Sean Salisbury show. show. Thanks for listening to the Dan Patrick Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning, 9 until noon Eastern, 6 to 9 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. And you can find us on the iHeartRadio app at FSR or stream us live on the Peacock app. Listen to Comeback Stories. I'm Darren Waller. You may know me best as a tight end for the New York Giants. You may also know me for my story of overcoming addiction and alcoholism. You may have heard a few of my tracks as an artist or a producer. Uh, and you may have seen the work that I've done through my foundation. And you may know my friend and co-host Donnie Starkins as well. He's a mindfulness teacher, a yoga instructor, a life coach, a man fully invested in seeing people reach their fullest potential. And we've come to form this platform of comeback stories to really highlight not only our own adversity, but adversity in the lives of well-known guests with amazing stories. 
Catch us every week on Comeback Stories on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, everybody, game off. Let's pause here to talk more about Monopoly Go. I know what you're saying. Flag on the play. You've already talked about that. But there's just so much more good stuff in this game. In Monopoly Go, you can team up with friends for time tournaments where you work together to build up each other's boards. The more you win together, the more awesome prizes you unlock. And there's so much more to get. You can get unique stickers. You can trade with friends to compete uh, albums for big prizes. There's cool new playing pieces to travel the boards with. I was always a uh, battleship guy. You know, you get those pieces like there was the hat. There was the shoe. Oh, same. There was the I was always a battleship guy or the car. You know what, too, is funny about a battleship. It's one of the only uh, Monopoly pieces that you find that's not just a household item. Wow, you know I mean? even thought about that. Yeah, most people oh, wow. don't have a battleship at home, but you have a car, you have a hat, you have a shoe, you have uh, all those things. Anyway, you can also get hilarious emojis for taunting friends when you smash their buildings or heist their vaults. That's always fun. Plus, Monopoly Go feels new and exciting every day with constantly changing tournaments and challenges. A ton include their own unique mini games like Digging for Treasure or a Robot Pachenko Machine. And there's always new timed events that will help you win big, like massive multipliers for everything you win or rent frenzies. There's always something fun to discover in Monopoly Go. So get off the bench and go download it for free right now on Google Play or the App Store. Game on. This episode brought to you by 20th Century Studios' Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Director Wes Ball breathes new life into the epic franchise set several generations after the last installment in which apes are the dominant species. As a ruthless king attempts to build his empire at the expense of the remaining human race, a young ape will fight for the future of apes and humans alike and embark on a journey that will redefine the planet. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Enter the kingdom in IMAX this Friday and in theaters everywhere. Get tickets now. Thanks to our friends at Panini America, the official trading cards and NFTs of the Dan Patrick Show. Panini America delivers a premier collecting experience with the most sought-after NFL, NBA, FIFA, and WNBA trading cards. Whether you're chasing rookie sensations or collecting timeless legends, Panini's got it all. Also, breaking ground on NIL. They've got some of the biggest names in college sports. They had Caitlin Clark in there, Angel Reese, and a lot of the upcoming NFL and NBA first-round draft picks. And if you're into cutting-edge digital collectibles, don't miss Panini's NFT platform at nft.paniniamerica.net with some of the first opportunities to collect this year's rookie class. Whether you're a collector of physical cards or a digital enthusiast, Panini has you covered. And the best trading card brands, Prism, Select, Don Russ, and so many more. And for those NFL draft fans, get real-time trading cards after players are picked with Panini Instant Cards, celebrating the biggest sports moments on cards right after they happen. Visit PaniniAmerica.net or download the Panini Direct app today. Panini America, the official trading cards and NFTs of the Dan Patrick Show. Uh, We've been talking a little bit about Phil Mickelson, this book that's coming out with his former uh, gambling partner, Billy Walters, one of the more successful gamblers in American history, went to prison, as, uh, certainly has an axe to grind with Phil Mickelson, who he thinks could have helped him prevent uh, going to prison by just being honest. Um, there's a lot, lot in this book so far about Phil, how much money he was betting, uh, close to a billion, lost $100 million. This is what is being reported in the book. Uh, David Purdom is... Uh, covering sports gambling, sports betting, industry reporter, and uh, joining us now. Um, 
recap these gambling allocation, uh, allegations here with Phil Mickelson. Uh, fact and fiction uh, in this for you? I think there's a lot of fact in there. Uh, Billy Walters is widely considered the most successful better ever in American history. As you mentioned, he's extremely well-connected, and he seems to have receipts here. He had the exact number of bets that Phil made of the $200,000 range, exact number he made of the $100,000 range. And in total, as you mentioned, uh, over the last three decades, Walter believes that Mickelson got down over a billion dollars in bets with a net loss of $100 million thing that really stood out to me he said the only other person that i know that i got they got that much money down to bet that much money over that time frame was his, himself so he's basically saying phil mickelson is the second biggest sports better in the last 30 years in the u.s but he could afford it correct correct 100 percent. and walters acknowledges that too it's his money uh he never thought uh, that he would have any trouble collecting if there was any sort of debts and they had a partnership where they would uh, pay bets back and forth um, but, you know, Walters was never concerned that it made that clear in the book that, uh, you know, Phil was a better. He had the money to do it. And that's what he chose to do. There's insider trading involved in this. Uh, Billy Walters went to prison because of this. Uh, how much of that is is on Phil Mickelson of what happened to the author of this book? Well, Walters believes that Mickelson could have testified in his case and that would have helped him uh, give him a better chance of staying out of prison. Uh, Walters maintains his innocence as he did not relay any sort of inside information. It was a stock uh, trade, uh, Dean Dean Foods, a dairy company in uh, Texas um, that they mentioned back and forth. Uh, Mickelson declined to, to uh, testify, said he was going to take the fifth, and that rubbed Walters the, the, the wrong way. And then they sent him to jail, and while he was in jail, his daughter committed suicide, and he said, you know, had he not been in jail, he you know, thinks he could have prevented that. But athletes betting on themselves in golf, uh, why should we have a problem with that? Boxers are able to bet on themselves. Well, now in a lot of the states, they don't allow anybody that's involved in, in a sport to, to place wagers on, on that event, including on themselves. And the reason for that is because, let's say an athlete bets uh, on them to win a golf tournament, uh, bets $500,000. And then the next tournament, he doesn't bet. Well, has he is he trying just as hard this time? Or maybe the intensity isn't there, so he's not trying as hard. So they think it just kind of impacts the integrity a little bit, just the effort, and it adds kind of a, a question mark around everything. In my opinion, it just kind of opens up a can of worms that's unnecessary and is a net negative uh, on this if you were to allow athletes to bet on events that they are involved in. Uh, David Purdom, ESPN Sports Betting Industry Reporter. I, it feels like we're headed towards something really bad here. They're just so the. It, it's hard not to bet. It's there. It's constant, and you're seeing this with Iowa and Iowa State athletes involved in this. Um, where are we headed? Like how do how do we how do we police this to ensure that you don't have something that is going to be nefarious? Well, the, the theory behind the legalization and the regulation, is that what we're trying to do? We have more visibility into the betting market right now than we ever had. Yeah. We don't know in the past if all of these transactions were, were happening because it was taking place in uh, you know an underground bookmaker, an underground bookmaker or, or an offshore sports book, and they don't open up their uh, books to show you, hey, this guy's betting he shouldn't be. We're now, we're in this uh, environment of regulation where more people are watching, uh, they can see these anomalies, and we're catching people. 
there's an academic theory that I kind of like to re recite a little bit. It's about adaption. And anytime uh, illicit activity like betting is brought into a regulated environment, society struggles at the beginning. Okay, what can I do? What can I not do? What can I get away with? What, what's going to get me in trouble? Eventually, they adapt, right? So it takes about five, 10 years. They start to learn. We start seeing all these cases. People made examples of and society will adapt. So I hope we're kind of in that adaption period, but you're right. Uh, things are not going well right now. We're seeing way too many kids uh, risk their playing eligibility by yeah. betting on games they're involved in. Which sport or sports are most vulnerable? College basketball. That's always been the one that has been a target for point shaving. Uh, you can control a, co a college basketball game by just getting one or two players uh, compared to they have more control compared to a football game. Well, let me you know, let me ask you then, David. I, I'm gonna I'm gonna pay. I need you to uh, fix a game. Okay. How do you go about fixing that game? Well, you'd want to spread the money out um, among several sports books around the nation. Um, probably would like to do it in one of the offshore sports books where you could protect your identity. Uh, or with a local bookmaker. But how do um, I find you, the players who will be, you know, complicit? Well, you go to a college and let's say, hey, uh, I know you were betting on one of these sites. Uh, I don't want to get you in trouble, but maybe we can work out some sort of deal. Uh, you know, you shave some points in this game. You miss a couple free throws here or there. And, hey, we'll keep it between ourselves. Uh, you know, this happened in the GMAC Bowl back in the mid-2000s with a Toledo running back. He eventually admitted in court that he fumbled football intentionally during that game for five hundred dollars. Mm -hmm. I mean, five hundred dollars. You're a college kid. Uh, that's a lot of money. That takes your kids out, your your girlfriend out for a date. Well, and that's the thing. You got to get to the most vulnerable, and that's what I always worry about with this. But you know, Vegas does a great job policing the lines. When you see some, you know, you had the Alabama baseball situation where how you think that's not going to you know raise red flags. And I'm sure these Iowa and Iowa State kids who are betting probably thinking, oh, we're at Iowa and Iowa State. They got other things to worry about. You know, these are small bets here. And then you find out that there's, there's a lot more to it. It's not necessarily the size of the bet. It's that you're betting. And, you know, that when, when it comes to they're going to take away your scholarship, it's not, hey, you bet $50. You're betting on your team or against your team or whatever it might be. Um, it just feels like we're headed down that road somehow, somewhere. Can you find a way that NFL players could gamble, but almost the NFL knows it. They would monitor it. They, they, they would say, this is the only way you can gamble. So there's no gray area. There's no nothing. And you just tell them, you gamble this way, and we'll let you do that during the season. Is there anything that you see down the road with the NFL players? Certainly not betting on anything related to the NFL. Players are allowed to bet on other sports. They can bet on a, NBA, a baseball game or a NBA playoff game or whatever, but yeah. they just can't do it while it works. So uh, I don't think you should ever be allowed to bet on something you're involved with. There's too much information that you have access to that the other pe uh, public bettors do not. There's just too many things that, uh, again, I just think it's a net negative to allow somebody to bet on an event they're involved in. What's uh, your favorite gambling story? whether it's a bad beat or you can leave out names, but yeah, I, I went down to Las Vegas a few years ago during the rodeo and there's these professional betters that will go around and they dress up as cowboys look like they're coming in out of town. 
you know, and they go in there and try to dupe the sports books by letting them. A lot of these guys have been cut off by the sports books. They beat them by so, so much they won't let them bet. And so we, we we drove around, and sure enough, he would go up there in this cowboy hat and uh, jeans and a big showcase belt buckle, and we would be allowed to place wagers that he would never win. So that that's one of my favorites. Yeah. And we all have a bad beat. Um, when I gambled, I, I tell my audience it was Packers-Bears, and I lost on a blocked field goal that was taken in for a touchdown. Chester Markle was the field goal kicker, and he – caught the deflection and ran it in for a touchdown. He was going to kick field goal. I was going to win. Um, my bookie had uh, the Saints when uh, Tom Dempsey was uh, oh. had the, the field goal, the you know, longest field goal in NFL history at the time. Like, you know, everybody has one of those. Yeah, I mean, we, we do get those where we win one of these bets, but usually it's a bad beat that uh, you seem to – it, it, well, it hadn't left me, and it's been uh, <laughs> almost 50 years. So I certainly remember mine, 2000, Kentucky, Florida, college football, Kentucky's favorite, excuse me, Florida's favorite, Steve Spurrier. Kentucky's covering the game the whole way. I think he was getting plus seven or something. Florida's down to the last drive late in the fourth quarter, up four. Kentucky, sure, they're just going to kneel down, right? Yeah. Nope. Spurrier goes play action, touchdown, covers the spread with like one of the two seconds left or something. It was crazy. <laughs> If you ran into Spurrier, would you say uh, anything to him? Well, he talked about it afterwards, the game, saying, well, they were blitzing us. They were blitzing us still, so we had to take advantage of that. So, yeah, I, I might bring that up. Good to talk to you, David. Thank you for joining us again. You too, Dan. That's David Purdom, ESPN sports betting industry reporter. He's going to be busy. He's going to have a great career there. Good timing. You know, yes. Hey, I'm thinking about being a sports betting industry uh, insider. Oh, who needs that? Now, everybody does. Yes, Paul. It was less than eight years ago when Roger Goodell did one of those State of the Union things. Remember at the Super Bowl he used to do? Yeah. And they asked him about sports gambling, and he was all against it. Remember? He said, I, not in the near future. Not This is not what we're built for. We not participate oh, in this. It was the complete opposite of where we are now. Oh, I know. It's oh, wild, I isn't know, it? I know. Uh, Todd, go ahead. Todd's got his uh, sports names, betting sports names. Okay. We can do it quick. Okay. I won't mention the ones that you already uh, No, no, said. go ahead. Okay. Oscar Gamble. <laughs> Gamble Pavilion. We could use pavilions, too. <laughs> Chip Carey. Felton Spencer. Andrew yeah. Luck. Fel- hold on. Felton Spencer's not bad. Felt on the table. That green no, stuff. we got it. Felton Don't encourage stuff. him. Just Sorry. let him go. Trying to re- Andrew Luck. Blackjack <laughs> McDowell. Dave Chalk. David Overstreet, who I believe played in the CFL and was a Dolphins running back. David Overstreet. And if you have the over, you have to have the Tom Underwood. I got Underwood. it. I got it. Tom Underwood. Zach Wheeler, like the roulette wheel. <laughs> Drew Locke, Jim Hart, Kevin Dyson, Spread McCombs. That's a reach. Spread McCombs. No, Red McCombs. Spread no, McCombs. no, don't. Odds Hollinsworth. No. Odds Hollinsworth. Like you don't have to do it. Evander Real Deal, Holyfield. King Rice, Deuce McAllister. The Joker, which could be Jokic or Jokovic, the tennis player. Five card Charlie Kerfeld, that big Astros relief pitcher. Now I got it. Okay. Ian Bookie. Ian Book? No, Ian his name Bookie? is Ian Book. Okay, Don Money, Dave Cash, Cameron Dollar, Penny Hardaway, Bookie Rojas. No, it's Cookie Rojas. Rowdy gains no. and losses. Alrighty. Early <laughs> win. Already were. Jimmy Clausen loss. J.R. Let It Rider. Betty Robinson, early 1900s Olympian and track star. Betty Robinson. And I threw in Vig Rames, but he's, an, he's not an athlete. It's Vig. Oh, it's Vig or Ving Rame? What's his name? It's Ving. It's Vig. Okay, I put Vig Rames. 
with three question marks next to it. How, how long did you work on that? Uh, about an hour or so. Yeah. An hour and a half. Yeah. yeah. Felton Spencer for Paulie. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. This is Malcolm Gladwell from Revisionist History. eBay Motors is here for the ride. With some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Brake kits... LED headlights, whatever you need, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. The fully electric EQS sedan from Mercedes-Benz is innovation on a magnificent scale. Available with the epic 56-inch touch-sensitive hyperscreen. The vehicle is all electric. The feeling is all Mercedes. Learn more at mbusa.com EQS.